is Mewes cutting, shooting, and here's the first goal. Now Williams on the move, Lynn Williams for the US, can she finish it? Yes, she can! In all our years playing together, Lynn and I have talked about everything, from the deepest topics to absolute nonsense. Welcome to Flame Bears, Keeping the Fire Burning. I'm your host, Jamie. This week, we spotlight soccer superstars Sam Mewis and Lynn Williams from the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. These former roommates give us a scoop on their time in Tokyo, after the games, and their podcast, Snacks. As huge fans and supporters of Snacks, we thought it would be fun to have the duo onto Flame Bears together. So this episode is a bit different than our normal ones, but let's go with it. I'm Sam Lewis. I'm a soccer player, and I play for the U.S. Women's National Team and the Kansas City Current, and I play midfield. Williams, I am a soccer player forward for the U.S. Women's National Team and the Kansas City Current. Sam and Lynn have been close friends for almost a decade and have played together throughout their careers in the National Women's Soccer League. They were teammates first on the Western New York Flash, then on the North Carolina Courage, and at the time of this interview, playing together on the Kansas City Current. Lynn is now with Gotham. So this is really special because we have you both on together. What is your favorite thing about each other? Let's start with you, Lynn. My favorite thing? um would be well just like her friendship I think that over the years we've um gotten to know each other really well and um I really value somebody who can you know laugh with you be your best friend but also can tell you when you're being wrong or you need to like think about (laughs) something differently um and basically that just to me that means like she has my best interest at heart and so I just think that um that's invaluable in a friend and so that's what I love about Sam the most I love it. How about you, Sam? That was so nice, Lynn. I actually feel like I was going to say something similar. I, Lynn and I, like, especially this year, are, like, kind of inseparable and, like, literally do everything together. So it is hard to pick just one thing. Um, But we laugh a lot and we have a lot of, like, real conversations. I love doing the podcast with her. Um, I love, like, doing everything with her. She's just, like, a great partner friend. We are in a relationship, a platonic. We're in a very serious friendship, I'd say. Yeah. A very serious friendship. We're codependent right now. Yeah, we are. Lynn is so fun, but in the same way, like I think that we have this kind of friendship where we can be honest with each other and not like sugarcoat things. Yeah. And I think that that's good for both of us to, like there's no like wall up when we're together. Like I could be, picking my toenails on the couch and Lynn could come over and I would just continue doing that. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one who picks my toenails. Like, actually. <laughs> nope. Yeah, like, not, definitely not the only one. Like, it's pretty it. hilarious. Sam, Sam called me a worm yesterday. She goes, you look like a worm. And I feel like some people would be offended, but I thought it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, like, there's right? very, there's very few people that I'd be like, no, you don't look good. You look like a worm. Can either of you remember a time you weren't playing soccer together? If you can, um, what is your first soccer memory? First soccer memory would probably be when I was like five and you're playing at the little mini goals. And um, I 
finally won the ball and I was going the wrong way and I scored a goal on the other team. I think that's my first ever. And I was jumping up and down and my parents were like, great, but wrong. She's terrible. She's going to be terrible at this. <laughs> Mine is the same, like playing it for in like the little kindergarten league. But I remember like being just so good. And like the other girls like didn't really even know the rules. So like the other team's goalie kept like putting the ball down thinking she had a goal kick. And I would just go <laughs> shoot it in the goal and look at my dad like, why are these girls not, like what are they doing? And my dad was just like, Sam, can you just like stop doing that? And I was like, no, no. <laughs> I was so pissed, but like I was literally ruining the game. But like to this day, I think it was their fault, but whatever. Lynn, you grew up in Clovis. What was your childhood like? Um, yeah, so I, before then I was in Fresno and then moved to Clovis when I was eight. Um, honestly, they're like the same, but different just because it's like you you would go into Clovis and be like, I didn't even know I left Fresno. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reason why we moved there was my uncle used to play football for the University of Washington and ended up having a head-to-head tackle and being paralyzed from the neck down. So he moved in with me and my family when I was when we still lived in Fresno, and we just needed a bigger house to accommodate for his wheelchair and um, all of the things that come with uh, having yeah. such a traumatic injury. Um, and so sad part is we like we're starting to build this new house and we got all the plans done and then he ended up passing away so we actually never got to experience the the house that we were building for him um but I think that like really like helped or shifted my way of thinking about like I guess life and injury um Mm -hmm. at some young age I watched somebody go from like this elite athlete who was like huge 250 uh free safety to going to like a 140 pounds can't do anything for yourself having to feed I would have to like suction his um trachea and everything and and just watching somebody that loved like running and life and not being able to actually live it anymore mm-hmm. um was pretty eye-opening I guess and so now when I like think about my life when I like like thinking about this injury I'm like it's terrible I obviously want to be able to play but at least I can like live I have two legs I can do all the things um so yeah I think that that like kind of then shaped my childhood because we moved out to 10 acres me and my family like we're on a pecan farm but we're not farmers so me and my sister just got to like be kids out there um on 10 acres of land but it started off from like something so traumatic um and then just like the way my family is we're huge huge family that um like very family centered and so they would come over every uh friday or saturday i can't remember what day it was to like help with my uncle and he ended up passing away um like a year after his injury but um so yeah like it was it's definitely like an interesting (laughs) situation thank you so much for sharing that I had something similar with an extended family member, so I kind of get it. I'm really sorry you went through it. Sam, what was your childhood like? Yeah. um, Well, yeah, so we grew up in, like, kind of a small town, um, but, like, soccer started very quickly to, like, kind of take over everything and just always traveling on the weekends. Um, I remember 
like when we started playing club soccer, our neighbors started playing with us. We always used to grow up like playing 2v2 in the yard with these two girls that grew up next door to us. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, we were just like so busy. Christy and I, my, that's my older sister, um, we played on a couple of like youth national teams together. And then we played in high school together for two years. Um, she ended up going to college at BC. Um, and then I went out to UCLA, but I mean, we were just like kind of our, our like family memories are like in our minivan, like driving to games all up and down the East coast. Like the first long big trip we took, we went to Niagara falls. So it was like a nine hour drive. Oh, so I just think like when I think about my childhood, I'm like, I was so lucky to get to play so much soccer and then move up at a high levels. Like I know that my parents made so many like social sacrifices, like t doing that with us. But then also my dad was like working extra jobs to uh, like pay for all of it. Like I look back at that now and I'm so grateful that they allowed us to play so much and travel so much and be seen um, and get those experiences. I also have such great like club soccer friends, high school soccer friends. So um, my childhood was like, very soccer focused, but like really fun. And at, like it brought our family together a lot. Oh, so cool. I love that. Yeah. Did you ever play um, PlayStation or anything like that? Like literally never, no. Oh, Kristen and <laughs> Kristen and E, two girls on our team are playing, they like love playing Fortnite and they just like <laughs> set up a Twitch to watch or something like that. But anyways, I was like, Kristen, the only way you're getting me to play this is if you play uh, Mary Kay and Ashley drive to survive something because like that, that's the only thing I ever played growing up. We I, like didn't even get cable until like a long time. Like it was weird how long I didn't have cable. We, we were just never like inside. I know that was my mom used to say like our rule because my mom was a, a teacher. So she had the summers off with us and we would always be like, I want to go watch TV. And she was like, nope, the rules, you can't watch TV until your dad gets home. And my dad wouldn't get home till late. So like, I was Ooh. never inside either. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't. We used to like turn rocks over in the yard to find salamanders. Oh my God, yeah. me too. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you from, you I'm, said you're a Harvard grad. Are you from? Yeah. I'm from, yeah. I'm from Dover. So the woods, literally one stoplight. Wow. <laughs> well, look at us salamander hunters. Hey, Al. <laughs> I didn't do that, but I did find snails. We don't really oh. have a salamander. Well, yeah, we're from different parts of the country. In all seriousness, though, you both have had really profound experiences that shaped you at an early age. Lynn, could it be that these early experiences inspired your Instagram post in which you're giving a fan your jersey with the caption, make sure she believes? Because I feel like if you... Like Sam said, when when we were seven was the 99 World Cup. And so this is the single largest women's sporting event in the history of the world. The 99ers, as they'd go on to be called, captured hearts and minds all over the world. When you go and you see somebody doing something that you want to do so badly, um, I think that like that's so inspiring and you're like, I can do this now. And so when I saw her sign that said, can I have your jersey? I was like, yeah, of course. Like if this is going to be the moment that's going to make you believe you can do this and be out here and give you that extra push to like write down in your in your notebook, be the best, do push-ups, <laughs> do sit-ups. <laughs> and like, 
of course I'm going to do that for you. It's, I think that something that is sometimes so small to us is massive to other people. Mm -hmm. And if, if you have something even so small that you can give to somebody to make them believe, then why wouldn't you? Yeah. This is a perfect segue to talk about another way in which you both inspire people. Your podcast, Snacks. Oh man, I love snacks. <laughs> it is so fun. We basically, um, Haley Rosen, the like founder of Just Women Sports, um, had approached me like I guess in 2020 about doing a podcast, and there were like a couple of different iterations of it. And then I think that we were kind of like, I think the best way to do this is for me and Lynn to do this together and this should be the focus and let's just like try it out. But it definitely like took some convincing. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I think like Sam said, it definitely took some convincing. Um, I think during 2020 when it was like the pandemic, we had a lot of like racial situations going on. How long can you be peaceful when your people are dying? No justice. No peace. I think also sometimes you don't know how much to share of, totally. about your like personal life. And so that was definitely scary for us. Um, and, and then, so anyways, we were like, all right, we'll do like a short season, see if we like it. And then mm -hmm. once we got into it, we were like, oh my gosh, we love this. Um, and like Sam said, I think we get to talk to our friends, but ask them different questions that we would not normally get to ask them if we were just mm -hmm. having coffee. But then we also, on the other side of that, get to ask them questions that, um, not, they don't always get, because sometimes you get the same question over, yeah. over and over again. And, and so I feel like we try to ask questions that they haven't answered before. Totally. Um, and then you get to like, just hang out with your friend again. You're like, Hey, come on here and talk to us about your life. And we like really, really enjoy it. I don't think we realized how much we were going to enjoy it. And <laughs> mm -hmm. we're just hanging out. We're all just yeah. hanging out. Yeah, I think, I'll, not to just keep babbling on about it, but I feel like Lynn alluded to this a little bit, like where in my, I feel like the soccer Sam, I am a little bit like, I have a little bit of like a guard up. Like I want to be like very professional and like taken seriously. Yeah. So I think that until snacks, my like, not that I'm like super famous, but like my public persona was like a uh, little yeah, bit you are. like <laughs> reserved. And then I think we started doing stacks and I was like, oh, I like actually can be myself with like people, weirdos, because people who think we're funny are also obviously so <laughs> weird because we're so weird, but like people like it. And it's like, okay yeah. to be more, a little bit less guarded and people seem to enjoy it, which I love them for. Welcome, 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 welcome to Snacks. It is such a great show. So let's switch gears a bit and talk about the pay equity lawsuit. You talk about it on Snacks. Catch us up to speed. The women argued they were being paid 40% of what male players made. Not anymore. The agreement will ensure equal pay for male and female players who wear the Team USA jersey. Well, so I'll just preface this by saying it was a long time of a lot of updates, a lot of emails, a lot of Zoom calls, a lot of text threads that I think maybe once it was like finally gonna be done, it was like not anticlimactic, like it was incredible and we we're so happy, but it was just 
a series of like, we think we're almost there. We think we're almost there. Okay, it's gonna happen. Okay, it's gonna happen. Okay, it happened. Okay. And yeah. then I think that getting to go and celebrate because the lawsuit was contingent upon the CBA getting signed. Mm -hmm. So I think that getting to go to DC, be at the game, sign the CBA and understand that, okay, it's actually both things are done and all over now was mm -hmm. like a wonderful culmination of the whole thing, which was a long time and a lot of effort. I don't yeah, know how you it did was it. Like, it was like, you settled if you could yeah. get this so it was like, you were like, okay, but we're, you can't celebrate yet because we still have this other situation to figure out. Yeah. So like Sam said, I think once it was finally signed on the field, that was like, it was, I don't think it was even more like a, like a jump up and down excited. It was more like of a, you can finally breathe. Uh, yeah. Has this changed things for you or not? Well, I think that obviously like money was a huge part of the lawsuit but i think that the biggest part is just all of the support staff and all of the mm -hmm. other things that have nothing to do with money that the players will now get of like rooming in like a, a nice hotel and the way you travel and the amount of staff you have on and like all of that stuff that mm -hmm. we doesn't really get talked about as much that really affects you on the field um i think that that's well, besides the money of course we're gonna be excited money but like that's really? the stuff i'm also excited about um that doesn't get talked about so i think you'll see like an immediate um effect on or what's the word immediate like yeah effect on that side i don't know yeah, yeah it impacts it, it results yeah there's a result. what i'm saying words yep. you did great <laughs> <laughs> sam what about you yeah, I mean, a similar reaction. I think that obviously this is a result of like decades of this fight, which we know and totally understand that women 30 years ago, 40 years ago, who were just starting this team, were dealing with pay inequity and what Lynn talked about, all of those inequalities that affected them so much and they started yeah. this. Um, so I think that that kind of, like just what's been such a long time coming and is a celebration for so many people has had, I hope, a really positive effect. I think we're also hoping that um, this will have an effect on other federations. And then also there are more inequalities in women's soccer through FIFA and through a bunch of other things that like we're hoping this can set a good example for. So I would say like as much as we are happy and happy to be like hand in hand with us soccer like now i think we would continue to yeah. look for what's next to advocate for and um i'm really proud of the group i'm i was so proud to be a part of it and sam was a huge part of this like i feel yeah, like talk she, tried to yeah. she was like a huge part of it like during covid sam would be on the phone so late at night like it not was, by choice would be like eight <laughs> nine ten o'clock and i'd be like what are you doing like what we're supposed to be chatting on the couch right now and she'd be like I can just get all in the room and like night after night after night so sam was wow. like a huge part of that and like putting her input in and and yeah. i did a, i did a lot of listening i'll i will admit that i did a lot of listening on those calls but it was a lot of work by a lot of people lynn was a huge part of it too being on the cba committee and i think that like the committee was great because you had people from all different situations like hmm. I couldn't speak on the mom portion or the parent. Like I'm not 
a mother, but you could go talk to Alex and you could talk to Crystal. And, mm -hmm. and then um, there was, and so there was like different parts so cool. that I think that people talked about. And then another thing that was like, I mean, it, it's hard to be in, in battle against your employer. And I think that like, I'm so proud of the group with staying together and sticking together for such a long time. I think that when I first came on the team, it was the first in 2016, it was like, we are suing U.S. soccer. And I was like, wait, what is going on? <laughs> and I think as time goes on, like, it would have been easy for us to be like, okay, we're going to crack under pressure. Like, we're mm -hmm. never going to get this done. Like, why would you want to be in battle with your employer for this long? But the group just stuck together and stuck it out and was like, you know what? Like, this is bigger than us um, as a group. It's goes on to or from the women in the past that have fought for us to get to this point and we have to fight for the the women that are going to come after us and um so I just think I'm like really proud of the group for continuing to push the fight and not being like okay we're just going to accept this so what needs to happen where do we go from here well I think Sam t uh touched on this is like there's other inequalities in women's soccer and so until we get to like equal like true equal just in women's soccer across the board I don't think the fight is ever done. Well, for us here on Flame Bears, you definitely don't have to tell us to fight for women, especially when it comes to sport. We are on it. So I can't have you both on here and not talk about Tokyo. What was it like for you both? I'm just going to start with like my situation because that was crazy. Um, I think that you know, originally I didn't make the roster. I wasn't part of the 18, but with COVID it opened up and then I was a part of it. So for me, that was like a roller coaster of emotions to be like, okay, I'm fighting for this. All right, I didn't make it, but I'm happy to still be a part of the team. Okay, wait, I just made it, but I didn't because I have to make a roster. Like the rule wasn't clear until pretty much the last day of the Olympics of like what makes somebody an Olympian. So that was pretty confusing. And then on top of that, you're in a country trying to compete for, to be the best team in the world in this moment, but we're so locked down and you can't do anything. So yeah. on that side, it was strange. Yeah, there was, it was strange. I remember like, I mean, obviously I, I want this to go without saying, like it was a dream come true to make the Olympic team to go Mm -hmm. to get a medal like of course i think lynn and i are both so grateful for all of that yeah obviously lynn i think that was clear that you felt the same way yes i but so <laughs> then we get then we got there and we couldn't really like go outside it there was so many great things about it but there were yeah. just weird things that i think people who go and have an olympic experience and stay in the village it wasn't it wasn't like a normal experience yeah so um, obviously we're also like, thank God it even happened when they had gotten postponed the year before. Yeah. I was so terrified. I think everybody was like, well, what if they get canceled and we canceled. don't ever get to go? Like this could be my only chance to be an Olympian ever. Um, so it was crazy. And there was definitely like a ton of adversity that mm -hmm. everybody had being there, COVID, um, just the, I don't know what else, I guess COVID was kind of responsible for everything, but, <laughs> um, it was, it was crazy. Like the country had its own policy and then each nation within that had its own like rules as well. So trying to connect oh 
during a time and like be like so solidified as a team during a time where you couldn't hang out was definitely tough. Like Sam said, like so grateful that it happened and so grateful that like we were able to go and but but I think that you know you hear especially when you're like growing up you're like you're gonna you want to be an Olympian and you see totally. all these crowds and like all these things and you would just you would play and there's like nobody in the stands and so there's like how do you even work off the momentum you're yeah. you're like for me it was like I said I'm huge with my family really close to them so like being able to like be like oh my gosh I'm playing in this game but your family's not there to like mm -hmm. support you while we're also so far away so the time difference is mm -hmm. crazy um I don't think that it like and obviously like the U.S. didn't do as we didn't do as well as we wanted to. So I don't yeah. think it really like hit me until we were up on the podium and actually getting a medal and feeling that it was how big it was. I was like, oh wait, like this is. A <laughs> Even then, I feel like we were like getting the medals. There was nobody in the stands. <laughs> so we were like, are we? Were we supposed to be like waving? Like, what are we doing up here? <laughs> I know, but so like until it literally wow. was like on my neck, I was like, oh, <laughs> like this is a huge yeah. huge deal <laughs> yeah like, this is a heavy heavy metal it looks like somebody put a lot of time into it and now we're like playing our national anthem and stuff but until then it was just kind of like what is going on what was going through your mind what was your reaction we were happy because it was the next day so we won our game the bronze medal game bron yep and we were happy like yeah. i think in terms of the whole tournament we wish, obviously, we would have performed better sure. in, in the moments where we needed to. But then we the next day, so then we, like, celebrated that night. And then the next day, we had to go to the gold medal game and watch. Yep. And we were in our, like, suits. And it was hot. And yeah, the game was... went into PKs, so it was, like, 1 mm. in the morning. And then we had to go down on the field. So I think we were all just, like, a little bit loopy. But we were happy. It, yeah, we were. it was happy. But it was kind of like a... Not only aren't you not in the match that you want to be in, it was then so you had to watch watch them. And you have to wear oh. this like a your ceremony suit, and you're now you're watching the game you want to be in. And then they go into overtime, and you're like, okay. And then they go into PKs, and you're like, what? When is this gonna be done? You're like already, come on, this is painful enough. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then after you have to wait for them to get into their suits, because so we're oh. just kind of like. And this is like champagne problems, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but th that's legit. I totally, yeah, that makes so much sense. But it was like a lot of like, okay, yeah, like, can you give me my medal? And so I think that was like, <laughs> when you finally get the medal, like in that one moment of putting it on your neck, I think that's when you're like, okay, this is actually a big deal. Because until then you're like, we didn't, we're not in the match we don't, we wanted to be in. We did win, mm. that was our match. Thank yep. goodness. Now this match is going on forever. I am hot. I do want to <laughs> It's 1 a.m. It is 1 a.m. Something a lot of athletes share is kind of a letdown when they get back. Did you have this? What was your experience like? Well, my life very quickly changed. I got surgery two weeks later, yeah. and I have played, like, a total of 90 minutes since. Yeah. So... I don't, I don't know if I'd call it like a post-Olympics slump as much as I would mm. just be like, I've been injured and it's been really <laughs> difficult. Um, a life slump, if you will. Yeah, that's really tough. Lynn, how did you feel? 
Well, I was really excited to get home and like show my family my medal. Um, but I, so I flew straight to Sacramento where my sister lives and my nephew who was eight, seven, eight, can't remember, seven. He's really into hockey. And so he goes, Auntie Lynn, I saw you lose to Canada. And I go, thanks. I was like, I don't know who brought that kid. (laughs) So I was like, well, that was like a real uh, jolt right back into reality. (laughs) Um, No, I think that, dude, um, I don't know. I think because it was like such an interesting Olympics in general and like my journey to becoming an Olympian was so interesting as well. Like, we got a week off and I like enjoyed my time being at home, but then I go, we went straight back into season or I did straight back into season and playing again. And, um, so I don't even think I had like time to have a slump really like we got to perform. We got to keep going. Um, and I, yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I would imagine with, um, like individual athletes who like the Olympics is this big thing every four years and then their training kind of changes. Mm-hmm. I would imagine if that would be really hard to, to deal with. But like Lynn said, I think in soccer, we usually are going back to another team. Sam, how did you pick yourself up? Well, I mean, I think my dog, like I said, I know it's like a very lighthearted thing to say, but I feel like I... It has being having a dog and like loving him so much has shown me that I am more than just a soccer player. Um, And so this injury has been, I think, uniquely like trying for me and having to take some time and be like, well, do I have any value off the field? And it's like when I see my dog, I know that I do. And then doing something like snacks, I know that I do. So I actually think it's been really rewarding for me to recognize that I have other things that I'm capable of and that I'm good at. Um, and that my value is exists away from the soccer field as well. So, um, it's been really hard, but though, I think those are like the silver linings that are coming from it. Totally. Totally. And I don't want to speak for Sam because I can't feel what she's feeling, but I do do (laughs) think when watching her, when we are doing snacks, like, definitely that you can see her light up more because I think she has something to look forward to and put her time and her effort into right now. That's so depressing. No, it's not. Because she's she's just like deflated all the other time of the day. (laughs) Really, really sad. No, but I... Don't worry. These are the jokes we make. It's just fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, Should we're I laugh? Fine. Am I allowed to laugh? <laughs> you can laugh. So far. But no, laugh. I do think I do think when we're doing snacks, Sam Sam is a planner. She loves planning things. Mm-hmm. So she'll get on like threat attacks and be like typing away. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, she is in her zone. She's loving. and Lynn will just have like 30 missed texts from me and ver- <laughs> in various text threads. And she's like, were you organizing? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, obviously. But I but like Sam loves organizing, so being able to have something to do like that. I'm like, all right, she's in her element now. It's so good for me. It's been so good for me. We just had a break for like six weeks and I wasn't doing good. And now we're back and I'm like, oh. <laughs> what are your future plans? Well, we're going to go to pottery. <laughs> just, we um, have pottery class tonight. Wait, legit, actually? Yep. <laughs> I love it. Okay, cool. 
Um, I don't know if we have thought about like far future. Yep. Um, so I'm just gonna keep this question in the near future. Um, like I said, we're gonna do pottery. Um, we're very much looking forward to this season of snacks and the guests we have on and um, hopefully some fun, exciting things coming towards the end. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, so I'm just not going to. Good, and, good job. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I think like that's exciting for us. Um, our team is trying to make a playoff push, so just continuing to support them in the best way we know how. Um, and I think those are pretty exciting things for our future right now. Super exciting. At the very end of every episode, we ask our audience to take one action on behalf of the athletes. What is your ask? This is literally so selfish, so I'm going to say it. And then, Lynn, I trust that you're going to have something wholesome to say. I want everybody to go download Snacks! <laughs> yes! It's available on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I love that call to action. That was so selfish, though. Can you give us, like, a good worldly thing to do? Yeah. I, I will. Um, okay, a little backstory. Great. My boyfriend Marley is in Africa right now. His dad is from Africa. He's from the Congo. So being there, he has definitely, his eyes have been open to different parts of the world mm-hmm. um, where he, he just told me today for the first time, he's been there for almost two weeks. And he said, today was the first day I got to take a warm shower. And wow. since then, they're taking cold showers or showering with a bucket. And so I just think that if you have loved ones, tell them that you love them. We, at the end of the day, we don't really need much except our health and our family and somebody to love. So that's my call to action is just be grateful for what you have and tell somebody that you love them. Thanks for tuning in to Flame Bears, keeping the fire burning. For more behind the scenes coverage, Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn by searching for Flame Bears. Congratulations to the Flame Bears Fellows for wrapping up the program and to Lizzie Michael and Woman X for their great work developing it. Shout outs to the CEO Weekly and US Insider for their recent coverage of our work. Check out their pieces on our website, flamebears.com under the press section, or via our link tree on social media. Last but certainly not least, thank you to my amazing teammates, Maruganda, Marissa Potter, Lizzie Michael, and Sakshi Singh. Thank you to Dino Catano, Emma Minto, and Karen Bruther for your ongoing support. We'll catch you on our next episode.